Hi, this is Pastor Matt, and I want to welcome you to our Blue Oaks Church podcast. At the end of this episode, feel free to download our Blue Oaks Church app, where you'll be able to access resources, events, and ways to get connected at Blue Oaks and in the community. The app is the easiest way to share this content with a friend, and it's the easiest way to keep up with everything going on around Blue Oaks. Most importantly, though, I just hope that you enjoy this episode and it inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. Happy Mother's Day, Blue Oaks Church. It's so good to be with you all because we can come to church expectant because God always keeps his promises. Like even the famous ones, Jeremiah 29, 13 says this, you will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. Did you hear the promise from God? If you seek him with all your heart, he will be found by you. So as we come to church today, I hope you're coming extremely expectant because you can find him, which is so much more important than finding facts about him. You can find him for yourself. And I love that the message I got to prepare is the way that I have found God and I get to share it with you all as we look at Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11. There's something beautiful about this season and reading familiar texts because we get to read them in new light. So let me pray for us and then we'll jump in. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are God who speaks. Help us remember to open your word and hear from you. And right now, God, would you meet us precisely where we're at? We pray. And all God's children said aloud, amen. Jeremiah chapter 29 says this. God speaking through the prophet Jeremiah. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. There's the promise. Verse 14, he reiterates, I will be found by you. While this message was prophesied through Jeremiah to a group of people in a different time, the timeless truth still stands and we can still seek to discover truth about God and find him. And it begins right at the start, God speaking, for I know the plans I have for you. Do you know this? God knows the plans. And it's crazy reading that truth in light of this season. Because I've known that truth for a very long time. God knows the plans. And in the midst of all my planning, it's good to know that you know the plans. And Isn't it weird because right now, have you noticed all of our plans have shifted and we don't actually know the plans? The truth is we're not used to not knowing things. We're used to reading Jeremiah 29, 11 in light of a time where we know kind of the plans. We have a calendar full of them. (laughs) Yet God is speaking this timeless truth to us today and he says, I know the plans. You know what it doesn't say? And I'm planning on telling them to you. (laughs) Don't you wish it kind of said that? because I don't like not knowing things. In fact, I can remember a season when I would go to coffee with friends. Remember when that was a thing? And I'd be across the coffee shop table with someone and we'd come across a topic we didn't know a lot of answers to. And we wouldn't just go, well, I guess we'll never know. No, of course not. We'll pull out our phones and Google search the question. We're not used to not knowing things. 
In fact, when I worked for a curriculum company, there was a season where we wanted to understand why young kids didn't have spiritual conversations with their parents. In fact, we sent out surveys to hundreds of middle school students and we asked this question, why don't you talk to your parents about spiritual things? One of the top answers, I Google search my questions. We're not used to not knowing. And if that's you, you're really not used to not knowing and you're finding yourself extremely uncomfortable in not knowing what announcement will be made that will affect your life or what our new normal will be, we get to read this truth. God knows. God knows the plans. And if maybe you're finding yourself overwhelmed in this season, maybe with anxiety and fear, first, you're not crazy. But I have good news. God does know the plans. My husband is an emergency room nurse, so you can imagine this has been a rather unique season for our family. He and I were recently having a conversation about anxiety and panic attacks. You see, there's the chaos that's happening and then there's the other byproducts of the effects that we're fearful, we're not knowing what the future holds and that brings a lot of anxiety. I said, what do you do in the emergency room with panic attacks and anxiety attacks? He says, oh, this is what I do every single time. I said, oh, tell me and I'll tell the people. And he says, here's what I do. I have them look me right in the eyes. He says, I start there. I said, look at me and listen to my voice. I need you to listen to my voice. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna do something that we can do. There's things that we can't, but we're not gonna focus there. We're gonna focus on what we can do. We can breathe. In fact, church, wherever you're at, I'm gonna invite you. Would you breathe with me? Ready? Breathe in. Breathe out. Listen to my voice. Breathe in. Breathe out. And he says, it's right about here that he introduces himself. And he says, hello, my name is Randy Marshman and I'm an emergency room nurse and I'm really good at my job. Breathe with me, breathe in. Breathe out. In my conversation with my husband, I said, you actually say that? He goes, oh, every time. They need to know that the voice they're listening to knows. Because right after that, I tell them that in about three minutes, things are gonna slow down. Just keep breathing. Let's just focus on the right voice and what you can do. Breathe in and breathe out. And it's true, in just a few minutes, things just slow down and they get a little bit better because they listen to the right voice. And I believe God himself is doing the precise thing with the people that were living in a time of exile as he does this. Pay attention to the right voice. Don't just listen to the news. Don't just listen to Instagram. Don't just listen to Facebook. There's a lot of other competing voices in this season, but here's what I want you to do. Focus in on my voice. This book is even referred to as his word. He says, listen to my voice. Because if you listen to a lot of the other voices, you could have a lot of fear and worry. You see, Jeremiah listened to the right voice. In fact, in the book of Jeremiah, 170 separate times, he says to the people, declares the Lord with confidence. You see, in the book of Jeremiah, here's the context of chapter 29, the Jewish people had disobeyed God. And the result was that God had sent them into Babylonian exile. And Jeremiah's entire letter was to the exiles containing God's instructions for what to do while in the waiting. 
God wanted his people to know that he does know the plans, but in the meantime, stay and trust him. And this is not what they wanted to hear. And maybe this isn't what you want to hear either. They wanted a freedom from the pain. The Jewish people didn't listen to the right voice. See, while Jeremiah did, the Jewish people, they listened to the false prophet, Hananiah in chapter 28. He prophesied a near future of peace for Israel, saying that they'll be returning to Jerusalem in a few short years. And he promised that circumstances would get better and soon, and it'll be easier. Life should be easier with God. No wonder it's easy for all of us to pull Jeremiah 20. 29.11 out of context. We too see Hananiah's all over the place prophesying a, a similar message. Things will get better and just easier with God. The truth is if you're sitting in the hard, you're not crazy. And don't let anyone just pull Jeremiah 29.11 out of context except to tell you the truth. He knows the plans. You see, well, we all want this hope-filled future that the rest of 29.11 holds with maybe a dose of prosperity we, just like the people Jeremiah is writing to, don't want exile. We don't want to have to sit in the hard. Maybe we want to be faithful like Jesus, but we don't want to carry a cross. We want love without sacrifice or holiness without pain, refinement without fire. See, Jeremiah rebukes Hananiah and predicts his death in chapter 28. Yep. The chapter before, the chapter we use for hope and future references that we paste on graduation cakes and cards. Jeremiah tells the Israelites that exile, the, the time that would be hard would continue and relief would eventually come, but not quickly, quickly, 70 years in fact. And so then he encouraged them in the meantime to wait well. In fact, 29 verses five to seven, he says this, build houses and settle down, plant gardens and eat what they produce. Verse seven, also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Seek the peace of the prosper and prosperity of the place you're at. Do you want to know what it looks like to wait well? Wait. Seek the peace and prosperity of the place he has you. Have you noticed it's pretty easy to point out all the things the people in your house do wrong? It's very easy. What would it look like for you to seek the peace and prosperity of the people around you? God gifts the people with wisdom on what to do in the heart. He doesn't just remove them from it. He gives them hope for it. And then he tells them, but by the way, I know the plans. And while he doesn't plan on telling them every part of the plans, he does do this. He invites them in Jeremiah 29, 12, 13, and 14. He invites them to trust him. Verse 12, then you will call upon me. And that's a direct contrast to calling upon yourself. Okay, I gotta, I gotta defeat all the bad negative feelings I'm feeling. I gotta call upon, I gotta pick myself up by your bootstraps. You ever, have you ever actually tried that? It's really hard to do. <laughs> he says, no, 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 God's speaking. Call upon me, come and pray to me because I'm gonna listen to you. Can you imagine if this season was marked by prayer for you? What if this season in 10 years you were to look back and say, oh, COVID-19, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe there was hard, maybe there was grief, but there was also an intimate personal relationship with my heavenly father that was put into place and I've had it ever since. What if the thing that marked this season of waiting in the heart was an invitation, taking a, a step and saying yes to God's invitation to trust him? How? To call upon him. When you have a time of need, call upon God. How? Go to him in prayer. Verse 13, he says, you will seek me and you will find me 
when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, God speaking. And that's an invitation for us today. Blue Oaks on this Mother's Day, who are you putting your trust in? Is it yourself to just defeat all the hard things or is it trust in God and proclaiming to him, I trust you. I'm gonna call upon you in moments of chaos and moments that it's hard. You see, because while God may not tell us what the plans he has for us are, he does tell us something about the plans. And that word is found in the New Testament in the book of Romans chapter eight. As you're turning there, yes, turn there. Romans chapter eight, we actually, the, we, we meet this guy, Paul. We've known about him from the book of Acts, but this guy named Paul wrote this letter to Romans. And here's what I love. The fact that Paul writes this, keep in mind, Paul has quite the past, which tells us that God can do whatever he wants with whomever he wants, whenever he wants to do that thing, which means we should never stop praying for the person we've counted out because God never has. See, he takes someone with a past, someone who used to hate people that fell in love and followed Jesus. Paul hated them. Then he meets Jesus and his whole life shifts. And then he writes letters. One of them right here is this book called Romans. And in it, while we may not know the plans God has, he writes that there's something we can know about the plans. Romans 8, 28. And we know, he even says that, we know that in all things, what's included in all things? Good, all things, even these things we're going through. We can know this, that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. We can know that God works in all things for good. Maybe some of you that's really easy to hear and you find all the silver lining, you found God in every little crevice of all the hardship you're facing. Praise God, keep going. He'll continue to be found by you. But maybe you're someone that goes, how in the world could he use this for good? What we get to do is follow Paul's definition of good, which by the way is different than our definition of good. See, my definition of good is comfortable. It's been a good day, comfortable, maybe successful, victorious. It's been a good year. It was, that's how we tend to define the word good. But Paul defines good differently in Romans 8, 29. The very next verse, he defines what he means by good in Romans 8, 28. In 29, he says this, for those God foreknew, he also predestined. Don't get tripped up on that word. It simply means predestined. <laughs> Bible jokes. Here it is to be conformed to the image of his son. Paul's definition of good is to form you more into the likeness of Jesus. Our definition is comfortable, easy, successful. Paul's definition is, no, no, no. He'll use all things to make you more like Christ. Will you let him? Will you let him use COVID-19? So let me ask, how might God be wanting to use the very thing you're going through to form you more into the likeness of Jesus? Blue Oaks Church, he promises that in all things, he can do it. He can use even this 
to form you more into the likeness of his son, Jesus. And that's good news because have you noticed the world needs to meet Jesus? They need to know the hope God speaks about in Jeremiah chapter 29. They need to live this hope and God's plan for them to hear his truth is you. Through the hard. You see, if I were to think about the times that God formed me most into the likeness of Jesus, it wasn't in moments of victory. It wasn't in moments of success when everything seemed to go wonderfully. It was always through trials. And I'm in good company in the scriptures. Let's go back. Let's go Old Testament. Remember, remember Noah? Noah in Genesis chapter 7 had to obey God's invitation to trust him. Remember, God says, here's the plan. Build a boat. Gives a few dimensions. You know what's not included in the dimensions? A rudder or a steering wheel. None of those are included. Basically saying, build a boat, sit in it, and trust me. Will you trust me? Will you do it? Will you do the crazy thing? People will think you're crazy. Trust looks a little bit crazy on you but it looks a lot of like what God is inviting you into in this season. In fact, there's one thing God physically did in the Noah narrative. In Genesis chapter seven, verse 16, it says this, the animals going in were male and female of every living thing as God had commanded Noah. Then the Lord shut him in. In other words, God closed the door. Am I the only one that thought that God only opened doors <laughs> are you in this season i feel like i'm having a really personal moment considering some people who've been in this season and saying i've faced a lot of shut doors in my face i can tell you from noah from what god did with noah i can tell you this god didn't shut the door to keep noah from the good promise or the good plan God shut the door to keep Noah from drowning on the other side of it. God opens and he closes doors. And he doesn't remove Noah by stopping a flood. No, 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 no. God still sent the flood. God rescued Noah in the midst of the waves. Not just Noah, it seems like all the major characters throughout the Old Testament. Remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Remember those guys who were thrown into a fiery furnace? God did not rescue them by taking them out of the fiery furnace or keeping them from it. He rescued them in the midst of the flames and then even joined them there. And then he models for us and showcases for us through their story what a life of faith or trust looks like. You see, remember right before they get tossed into the fiery furnace, they say to the king at that time, the God we serve is able to save us from this. Because of course, our God is able. He can stop and do whatever. So we better not stop asking. But, the, but Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they say this, the God we serve is able to save us from even this. But even if he doesn't, we want you to know, O king, that we will not bow down and worship the image of gold you have set up. Even if words of faith and trust those aren't the first two words that always come out of my mouth or in my mind. It's a lot easier to say, but what if? And I'm here to tell you the same thing my friend told me. Mike Foster said, what if breeds fear? Even if breeds faith and showcases trust. Because here's the good news. Even if 
your what if comes to place, God knows the plans he has for you. And his plans are meant for good. And in that definition of good, we can know this, point three, that his plans are not exempt from trial. God's not wanting to rescue us from the trial. He's wanting to transform us through it. Remember Daniel? <laughs> he didn't keep Daniel from a lion's den. He rescued Daniel with the beasts at his side. If you're in a season feeling like you're drowning or in the midst of the flames and the storm or feel like there's beasts all around you, metaphorically, friends, don't think God is angry with you because you're there. He's not wanting to rescue you from hard things. He's wanting to transform you through the trials. So let me ask on this Mother's Day to you, Blue Oaks Church, how might God be wanting to use this season to transform you more into the likeness of Jesus? He can do it. Will you let him? I'll tell you personally how he's done it for me. He's reminded me that Jesus is calm in the storm. And it's caused me to cast all my anxieties on him. What that practically looks like is in a moment of panic is just to go to prayer, to hear God's invitation, call upon me, come and pray to me, and then say yes and go there and listen to the right voice. Why? Because he's really good at his job. Jesus is calm in the storm. I wonder if the one thing that Jesus might be doing in you is wanting to calm you because that looks a lot like Jesus in a season where all of our neighbors are fearful and anxiety and anxious and wanting to hide and even though we're stuck at home wanting to also hide from community. Jesus was a prayer warrior. Read through the book of Luke you'll see all the times that he prayed. Last time I was with you I talked about it. Jesus prayed in every season. How about you? What's gonna mark this season for you? Is it gonna be just a season of grief and loss while those feelings are valuable? Don't miss this. It can also be a season where all of that brought you to a place of prayer and you can look back and say, oh, COVID-19, that was when my prayer life really took off and began and my intimacy with the Father was like nothing it had ever been before. Jesus was calm in the storm. He was a prayer warrior. He was dependent upon the words of his father. Friends, dive into this book for yourself. Hear the invitation from God who, ready, knows the plans. And while we may not know the plans, we can know this. His plans are meant for good. But don't forget his definition. His plans are to form you more into the likeness of Jesus. Can I pray for you? Heavenly Father, we need your spirit to move in us so that we can look more like you. If right now we're feeling anxious, I pray that right now in the midst of this prayer, we wouldn't just sit there, but that we would go to you with it to bring it before you right now. If we're busy and distracted and not focusing on the people around us, but just getting work done and kind of overwhelming ourselves, God, I pray that you would calm us. God, I pray that we would love people around us. God, would you help us and remind us to love? In fact, right now, right now, I'm gonna ask in this prayer that you would bring someone to mind. And I pray if there's some households on this Mother's Day 
or the people around you have been so difficult, God, would, we, would you form us more into the likeness of your son and love them anyways, and to love them sacrificially and to love them well and to love without expectation. God, would you do that in us? Would you make us more like you? Would you make us love? God, there's so much work to be done in us. I pray that you would open our hearts to hear from you, to be transformed by you, so the good you do in us can be shared with others, we pray. And all God's children from their family rooms said, amen. God knows the plans. His plans are meant for good. While they're not exempt from trial, he'll use all things to form you more into the likeness of Jesus. And guess what the world needs more of? Jesus. And guess what God's plan is? You. Happy Mother's Day, Blue Oaks Church. Hey, once again, thanks for listening. We hope you found something in this week's message to take away and apply to your life this week. Uh, if you live in the Bay Area, we would love to have you join us for one of our weekend services. We meet on Sunday mornings at 8.45, 10, and 11.15. Uh, for directions or information about what we have for you or your family, your students, you can go to blueoaks.church or download the app today.